Okay, hello, hello, Yosef. Hey guys. Hey, how are you? Very good. I just finished a work. I finished workshop just a few minutes ago. Oh, good. So you're nice and worn out. You're uh, you're susceptible to uh, being taken advantage of. Yeah. <laughs> how is the sound? Is everything okay? Yeah, the sound is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, the microphone makes all the difference. Um, and thank you. Uh, I see that we have a whole bunch of people who are who are logged on here who are ready to uh, listen and potentially participate. So before we get started, I'll just let you and everyone know how we'll do this. You and I will chat, interview, discuss, right? Um, and then at the end, we'll, we'll take some questions for anybody who has some things to ask, uh, ask you. Um, for those of you who are watching and listening, if you have questions, you can type them into the chat box. They'll come directly to me. In the past, I've realized a lot of people send questions. So I might not get to all of them, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll take the ones that I can. And then if you also would like to chime in and ask a question verbally or, or be seen on video, you can do the little raise hand option and I can unmute you. And then uh, you, can, you can jump in and, and ask your question or make your comment. Cool. Well, I'm super happy that you, may, you took me up on this invitation. I realized that we're working with a seven hour uh, time difference. So I'm happy that we made it work out. It's morning time here, it's evening time there. Um, yep. But, you know, I got an opportunity to take one of your workshops in Toronto about four years ago. And I thought it was a really special experience. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on me? Yeah. Four years ago? Yeah. You should have been in the meantime. You should be in all other four. Well I, I, well, I was about to say, I was signed up to take your workshop in Brooklyn in April, yeah. um, which ended up not happening. But I wanted to say that, you know, when it didn't happen, you guys sent out uh, uh, an email kind of offering people some different options to make up for the fact that the class or the workshop wasn't happening. And we had had to, at that point, shut down our facility because we were in New York City and things had gotten pretty out of control there. And when I responded and kind of just said, hey, I love all these options. I'm just left in, a, in kind of a bind here. I think I got an email first from someone who works in, in your back office. And then I think it was maybe only an hour later, I received an email from you directly that was just, you know, yeah. compassionate and, and, and sincere saying, I, I understand what's going on. I hope things get better. And I don't know, it was just a really wonderful couple of lines that, that meant a lot considering what we were going through. And, and I don't think a lot of people were taking the time in those situations to always, you know, be that personal. So that was really amazing and made me, appreciate more even of like what you guys are doing and what you're doing. Um, and then after that, you know, while we were locked down here, I continued to kind of investigate more of the work you're doing and listen to some of your talks. And I, I went so far as to take on one of the projects that you um, did at one of your intensives. Uh, I think you call it yes. the, I, what is the, the name? Dragon of the, Spurl. The, Dragon's oh, Pearl. The, the sphere. Yeah, the Dragon's Pearl. Yeah, the dragon's pearl, and it was uh, the impossible spherical object, right? Something like that. Yes, and the, from the, from the uh, cube of rationality into impossible spherical object. Yeah, um, I watched the video a number of times, and I got my hands on a, on a block of wood, and I spent a day turning the block of wood into a sphere, and I wrote about it, and, and I sent you the, the blog, and you, and you said that you had read it, and then afterward, I invited you to be a part of this and 
I don't know, it just all kind of felt like a really wonderful progression. And I felt like I had developed a little bit more of a, a an understanding of the work that Fighting Monkey is doing and, and really appreciated that having had this time to, to breathe a little bit. So I felt like I have a, a mountain of questions about you, about communication, about um, athleticism and, and art and creativity. So uh, I, I think I would love to start just kind of where did you come from? Where, 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 what was your movement background growing up and, and where was that at? Yeah, well, um, I am coming from the family where my father was um, kind of over the time high ranking um, person in armed forces mm -hmm. and be also being a part of a hunting family. So, you know, sports or physical activity and being connected to nature was very, very important for us. Mm -hmm. My father loves nature. Mm -hmm. My father spends most of his time in mountains and taking care of bees and taking care of animals and taking care of trees. And, and somehow, even without me noticing, I got really greatly influenced by that kind of surrounding and that kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, uh, my father, at, at the beginning of my life, he wanted that I'm a table tennis champion. <laughs> How funny. <laughs> and, um, um, you know, and I, I really loved it at, at the beginning. But then my father had this good idea that he will make me play only with the better players, means like older players. Mm -hmm. And so I always lost. And it was very difficult for me to recover when I was in a time of emergency, when I was a time of competition, still being very young. I couldn't, when, when, the, when the match was very close to each other, I just could not make it through. I didn't have enough confidence to win. I didn't allow myself to win. And that was maybe, I don't know how old I've, I've been, maybe 12 years old. And I realized I need to make up my own world. Mm -hmm. And so I left that world of my father in a, in a way and I started to kind of uh, write my own script. And so from that very early time of my life, I didn't consult my parents anymore about what I will be doing and how I will be doing it. Mm. And so then later on, I took uh, theatrical studies. I found myself a, a school for theater and I, I was studying uh, theater for four years. And then I quit that. It was an amazing education. And then uh, afterwards, I somehow met a guy on the street and uh, he was tall and I asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm doing basketball. And I said, well, I think I could do basketball as well. <laughs> and so when I was 14 and a half, I uh, started a basketball. I never had the ball in my hands before. And in 17 and a half, I was selected for a, a junior national team mm -hmm. of still at that time, Czechoslovakia. I don't think I was a very good player, but I was so um, aggressive and so um, I, I loved it so much. You know, I was compensating my missing technique and understanding of the strategy of the game with my physicality. Mm -hmm. But then when I was 17 and a half, I uh, went to the audition for acting for a theater school and I was accepted. And then I was thinking, OK, what am I going to do? Am I going to do sports or rather a theater? And I said, theater is better. There is more exposure. There is more fun. Mm -hmm. So I changed into a theater and that was going very well for me. And in the meantime, in that uh, theater school, I was also started to work as a stunt. Mm -hmm. So I was doing uh, learning, fighting, jumping and all this great stuff that I really loved. Mm -hmm. And then in the meantime, because I, was, I had some little damage in my body from the sports, I started to investigate how I could heal myself. 
And that was the beginning of the journey of the fighting monkey. And that's where I started to meet great people and uh, start to decode the traditional forms and started to kind of invent things that I believed would have benefits for many other people. Mm-hmm. And then on the journey somewhere 15 years later, I met Linda and Linda, she was um, champion in uh, sport gymnastics. So she had also very powerful uh, sport background, athletic background on a very high level. And then she switched to art as well. And when she finished with art, she switched again back to athletics and then back to the art. So we had also similar altitude. So altitude, like a kind of alternation between sports and art and art and sports. Mm -hmm. And then we met together and these things kind of suddenly made a sense. It's interesting. It only feels like it's like a very, I don't know, maybe a Western idea that there's some sort of distance between art and sport, right? When they're really closely aligned. And it's only in more recent times where we've created this gap in between. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, some, you, in, technically, you can get to a certain level in athletism. And then afterwards, you need creativity. You need communication. You, have, um, you need some kind of things, things that they are not easily measurable in order to make you one of the best, loving it the most. Mm-hmm. When I was working with Ilias Iliadis, he was 17 years old. He was already Olympic champion in, uh, in judo and he's a legend in judo. He said, I loved it so much. That's why I was a champion. Mm-hmm. And love is not measurable. You know, I was reading now because I'm continuing one of the research in FM and I was reading a good 15, like a most prominent books about children's development. And none of them were really talking about love. They were talking about all these stages of development and they were all talking about these really amazing, greatly, great things that mm-hmm. we need to know. Mm-hmm. But um, just the fact that if we do not create the right relation with, with our children, mm-hmm. if we do not have love, if we do not share uh, compassion, if we are not empathic enough, if we are not open enough, embracing and creating the world within which we can explore creatively, mm-hmm. none of those things that I've written in this book will come into our realization. Right. Well, it's like a lot of the books like to create these boxes that children are supposed to land in at certain times. Whereas it's, it's much more of like a big open mosaic than that. Yeah. And they know it, of course, and they already described in that books that, that these books are quite good. But I think we, we fall ourselves or we fool ourselves with a number and too much of research sometimes while we can discover things more intuitively and we probably going to come to the same spot. Yeah, I, I spoke with, um, I don't know if you've seen this documentary, In Search of Greatness. It came out, I think, a year or two ago. I spoke with the director last week, and he interviews Wayne Gretzky and Pele and Jerry Rice, the football player. And they all talk about this same idea that it's, it's artistry. And it wasn't about being specialists at young ages. It was about basically being generalists at very young ages. And being a generalist is very closely aligned with artistry because it's the exploration. It's the creativity around inventing the games it's not being told about the rigidity until later on when you get into the sport well i'm working with uh, uh with michael hansuj michael hansuj was one of the um, also stanley cup winner he's he was he's a great legend in hockey mm-hmm. ice hockey and what we were talking because we are preparing program for uh, hockey youth in slovakia and um 
what we were talking about is that when we were kids, our generations, we had opportunity to explore things freely. We could live on the street basically from the moment we left the school until the evening and the parents, they didn't know where we are and we could be exposed to so many variables. Mm -hmm. But now it seems more like uh, children are being taken into organized sports and organized play, so to say. And mm -hmm. so they are in a much more difficult position and there is so much more expectation uh, from them. So uh, I think that creates a much more tension and much more uh, maybe a constraint for the, for the youth. Mm -hmm. What well, made me think of your story when you said you, sp you didn't start playing basketball until you were a teenager. Yes. And it reminds me of like Dennis Rodman. I don't think he even started playing until after he was out of high school. Um, <laughs> and it was really driven by passion. As you said, it was like, he didn't have all this technique, but it was like, he had a lifetime of, of creative development behind it. And then you could throw the more specialized sport on top. Well, I, I believe, you know, like we should not be idealizing neither pathway, you know, like you can, you can be born and be loving that sport so much, right. you know, you touch the tennis racket, you are four years old and you do only that and you're becoming a best in the world. And yeah. some others, they have different pathway. It is only our capacity to truly understand that we, there is a great differences between, between us and how we can accommodate that variety rather than presenting to students or to children the one and the best way. Usually people always say, I'm going to give you, I'm going to get you most efficiently from the point A to point B. But I'm not really sure if efficiency is always the best way to teach people because that means that you are taking a journey of, of uh, a pathway that had been already talked, walked through so many, so many times. Right. Well, th well that's where the, the unique qualities kind of vanish, right? Because all the things that we think of when we think of uh, often like great athletes or even great performers are often the unorthodox pieces of them mm -hmm. or what made them often great. You know, like, again, like Gretzky and Pele and Jerry Rice and these guys, they talk about how they weren't the biggest or the fastest or any of these things, you know, and they talk about often boxers who had, really short arms. It was the, it was the things that made them unique that they had to work around that made them special rather than, like you said, kind of placing their foot into a, into a step that's already been taken. Mm -hmm. And also in adding to what you are saying, uh, I also believe we should not be always looking at the top athleticism as mm -hmm. our example of how things should be done. You know, like we always mm -hmm. say, okay, these guys, how great they've been and yeah. look how, how, how amazing their talent has emerged. But yeah. you know, there is that amount of creativity in many other domains because I believe a sport is a cultural uh, domain right now and it's so corrupted and there is so many really horrible things going on so um, I for me like being a top athlete doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, accomplish something great right so then what does the work look like that you're doing with the uh, with the, the the hockey teams Oh, you know uh, we have we have built it up a kind of three um, basic um, um, three basic areas of research and the one area of research is what we call structure of life mm -hmm. so this is what we call zero forms mm -hmm. it is how you are mapping yourself how you understand better yourself your uniqueness mm 
-hmm. then other part of the research is movement situations and movement situations are how you are sharing your knowledge with the others so how we are testing the knowledge in interaction in different games mm -hmm. in different um, circumstances and then a third pillar of the research is effective communication strategies mm -hmm. right when we think about thinking when we think about learning how do we learn and what does it really mean to be effective right. and efficient and what the, how do we learn the best and uh, how that really doesn't mean anything at the end. Mm -hmm. So, and that kind of that kind of uh, map that we are creating seems to be very applicable immediately to the to the youth. So, um, we had a few hockey players, uh, like a top hockey players, looking at how we are how we are training, and then they tried it a few times, and now we are seeing how we how this could be applied um, to the to the to the youth and how mm -hmm. we could potentially not improve only their performance, but their quality of life. Mm -hmm. So then happiness through play, happiness through exploration of the sport. Mm -hmm. And inspiring like uh, exploration. Again? Uh, and it sounds like inspiring exploration. Yes, but you know, because the, the, what, does it, what does it really mean that you're a great athlete? What does it really mean you can push yourself towards the edge? You know, you have, you have to understand that you need a, you need a system of feedbacks, right. a good quality of the feedbacks that will allow you to push for, further because only repeating same sentence and over and over again doesn't make you a better athlete, doesn't make you a better human. So we basically need three components in, um, in, your, in, your, in your feedbacking system. One is that you do understand the feedback is so accurate that you understand you might get in a trouble or you are in a trouble because you are doing things the way you are doing them. Mm -hmm. The second thing is you are capable with your feedback tools, with your practice, you're capable of correcting that error. So first thing I do understand if I keep on practicing this way, I might get injured. Or if I keep on exploring my body in this way, I might end up being completely exhausted and not loving the sport. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, okay, I have realized that my feedbacking system, the way I'm practicing allows me to see that. Mm -hmm. Then the second step is I can correct that error. I am, a, I am resourceful. I am creative enough to understand how I can correct that error. Mm -hmm. And the third thing, how can I change my thinking models, my practice, so I can plan for a better future, so I can create better hypotheses of the future? Mm -hmm. If your training, if your not training, if your practice does not combine these components, you will very quickly get lost and you will be dependent only on opinions or training methods of other people, on protocols, training structures. Always you give your body into hands of someone else. Right. But what we are trying to do, we are trying to teach you how to get the tools within which you can also make your own decision. We empower you to understand that you have also capacity to come up with creative solutions. There is not only strength conditioning trainer, there is not only coach, but also you need to contribute to the dialogue. Yeah. What we are doing usually, you know, we get a headache. Yeah. Okay, we have, we have a headache. So what do we do? We take a pill. That pill numbs the system. And the pain is away. And so you can keep on doing what you're doing with the same habitual pattern as before. What I try to uh, suggest or I try to invite you, okay, you have a headache, pass through that headache, no matter how crazy that headache is. Mm -hmm. And I'll make good notes on what you need to do 
in order, what kind of patterns are appearing within the headaches and how we can potentially change your lifestyle, how we right. can change your movement, how we can change your attitude towards life, that you get rid of that, um, you know, get rid of that imbalance that you have in your body, which is not an easy process. Right. Because the, the headache is... Which, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying because the, the, the headache or whatever it is, is information that your body is giving you. It's feedback. It's, yeah. You're having a conversation and you don't want to just, you don't want it to be a monologue where you're speaking to your brain. It needs to be going both ways. Yes, exactly. But you know that also puts a fighting monkey in really on the periphery of, of the interest of people because the, the learning curve at the beginning is so difficult because mm -hmm. I, when we do, when we are learn, we do not teach people through protocols, we would teach them through creative contingencies mm -hmm. means there is a lot of unexpected. There is a lot of new, you need to be active in that learning process mm -hmm. because I'm teaching you how to think, how mm -hmm. to think for yourself and how to create your own cocktail and how that cocktail need to always change. Mm -hmm. So when we are talking about zero forms, zero forms would be composed of many different elements, but those elements are movable. They are like an organism. So when you are stressed in your life, the shape of the zero forms, they are changing. So it is in constant motion. Sometimes when you're super imbalanced, you can explore something greatly and you can forget about stillness, your voice, your breathing, the internal exploration or whatever. But sometimes you need to return back into yourself. And so it is modulating pattern that will stay with you for the rest of your life. If you're using protocols that have been written or given to you by someone else, it's very difficult to adjust because you are, you are single your life goes as it goes, but maybe then after your family and then everything changes, the energy patterns changes. Maybe you have a job, maybe you lost the job, right. maybe you are injured, maybe you have to repair the house. How are you keeping with those protocols that someone give you? Right. You can get a protocol only when you're driving an airplane. The mm -hmm. airplane is very complicated machine, right? You didn't create it. You don't know. Someone has to teach you. And so when you, are, when you have a troubleshooting, you need to go through the manual, but you did not get the body you are the body right and we somehow forget about it you know you we always say i will help you how to maintain your body you are not a um, mechanic that is maintaining some kind of instrument mm -hmm. so uh, learning about communication learning about dialogue that's a little bit more complex thing and it cannot be always learned from movement right. sometimes you need to introduce sculpting Right. Sometimes you need to introduce working with the text. Sometimes you need to introduce working with the scripts. How do I write scripts? Mm -hmm. So I give you a certain text and then you are rewriting the script so we can observe how your mind is working, right. how we can alter given world that supposedly is given to you by culture, let's say. Mm -hmm. Well, I read a book recently. I mentioned it last week when I was speaking with someone, but my father-in-law has talked about it for a really long time and he suggested this book, um, understanding media i'm not sure if you've read it um no by by marshall McLuhan. and media is supposed to be uh technology so understanding technology and his big theme is uh the media is the message so the media the technology and is the environment or the way it changes environment rather mm -hmm. than the content and when i when i was reading the book i was actually thinking about my my opportunity to take your workshop and also the things I had watched and observe online. And I think, again, it's very Western to get caught up on the content, right? So people are, are whatever, taking a workshop and they're getting caught up on the, the, the exact content that you're delivering. And I was thinking, I was like, it's not, 
the content is really valuable and it's beautiful and it's wonderfully researched, but so much more is the content is really just a vehicle for, for seeing and understanding and learning and teaching about movement in your body and how you interact with the world. Um, yes. And that to me is, is hard. I think, is, I think it's what you were just saying. It's hard for people to actually wrap their head around, but some people get so caught up on like the protocols, which I would define as, as content almost, mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, no, no, no. We're talking about a way of seeing, a way of feeling, a way of, of existing in the world. Yeah. Well, you know, many times in the mentorship or people that they train with us longer, they are obliged to do analysis of fine arts, mm-hmm. their analysis of the cinematic work. Mm-hmm. They need to do analysis of literature because uh, through those different means, we can understand how do we think, what we are able to see, how we can understand the mind of other people, let's say, mm-hmm. which is very important. So they get, the, they get uh, the, the training study would be they listen to my lecture. Mm-hmm. First thing that they have to make notes while I'm giving a lecture. Then mm-hmm. after the lecture, they have to take their notes away and write only what do they remember. Hmm. Only after that, they do new notes with what they remember and their notes. And only then they outsource their mind to an external device means that this lesson was recorded, right? Mm -hmm. So they truly understand, they train their memory, so Mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to a structure of, uh, when it comes to a structure of FM, when when you said about the content, I don't know, maybe this is going to be difficult to see. You know, you are, or I, I explain it with my hands. Mm-hmm. So usually, how you how you are how you are giving the content to people? You are giving the um, uh, lecture one, lecture two, lecture three, or level one, level two, level three, certification one, certification, certification three, one step to another, to another, to another. I'm not really sure if complex systems could be learning through any linear um, progression. Mm-hmm. Man-made systems means that I have to learn a particular move from sport gymnastics. Yes, maybe there is a progression. But when we are learning about life, mm-hmm. I don't think a one and two and plus three, plus four, plus five, plus six makes much of sense. That's a more like addition in learning. Right. Then there's another way, it's accommodation. That's another way of learning. But then it's also tran- transition or transformation. And so we have devised another type of um, learning pattern. That means we are always teaching one and the same workshop. Mm-hmm. We are always articulating the same principles, mm-hmm. but those principles are being presented through different contexts. Right. And so you're spiraling in. Of course, it's a one, when you look from above, you always see like, oh, these guys are doing the same workshop. But in fact, there's a spiral. Mm-hmm. There's a spiral that goes deeper and deeper and eventually it kind of twists and reconnects itself. Right. So you're getting kind of very complex universe. So when you have always, when you have one, 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 no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. one, one, one is a neural network. Mm-hmm. So you are creating a kind of neural cluster that can connect to another neural cluster. And so when I give a task to my students, I do not hold all the knowledge. We are solving a certain problem mm-hmm. and I give this problem to the entire group. Now that the entire group is solving that problem and I always ask them, please share with the rest of the group what strategies you are using to solve that issue. Mm-hmm. Now that whole group suddenly comes up with several of the strategies and then we analyzing which strategies would be used and when so that this uh, main sentence that we are keeping in FM research diversity breeds immunity is immediately applied in the very first moment and so there is a great space for a dialogue there is a 
great space for interpretation of how our practices should be done. Right. And that's why it is also so complicated because people come and I say, I want a solution. Joseph, yeah. please tell me what to do next. And please yeah. tell me what to do next. And I say to them, I'm very, very sorry. If I, if I take my position a little bit more serious as an educator, then I'm educating you as you would be my kid. And I do not want my kid to be dependent on me. I want my kid to overcome my knowledge. I want my kid to be independent. I want my kid to be flourishing and be inspired and be able to communicate their stories to the world rather than repeating my own stories. Right. So, and of course, that type of learning is a little bit more demanding. Well, it's also a respect for like where people are coming from socially, culturally, that it's all different. And, the, and, and if I looked at the world through your eyes, it would look like I was in a fun house and vice versa. And, yes. and, there's, and there's information we can get from one another. There's no answers because my route is different than your route. And, and I, I love that you, like, you want everybody to share how they got to a certain place because the person who lives in Spain has had so many different cultural life experiences, whatever they are from the person who lives in Texas, that their yeah. route to a similar destination are two completely different things. One person might look at the world as like a mosaic and one person might look at the world very linearly and yes. both are val valuable. And I, and I, and oftentimes I think that people don't have the compassion for one another that, that the eyes, that everything is seen and heard and felt very differently even in this very like globalized time for everybody in the world. Yes. Yes, of course, there's not much of globalized, you know, like everyone, of course, we are dealing with the same troubles. You can always say, how do I deal with an earthquake? Right. How do I deal with uncertainty and risk, right? This is an interwoven aspect of our human beings. And there was a great research done in human development in a Marx Plax Institute that we kind of applied and kind of created the dialogue with. Mm -hmm. And so this, we are dealing with a similar questions in life similar insecurities and so each each uh, meeting each dialogue has to be very concrete when we are meeting in a workshop and we are solving some very tangible trouble right mm -hmm. what does it mean earthquake earthquake in my body in a structure of my learning you know a structure of my life Mm -hmm. Okay, why earthquake? Why we are not talking some other stressors? Well, earthquake, because earthquake is unexpected. It is not something that is planned. How do I plan for unexpected? What does it mean? My father spent most of his time with other great minds to imagine what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. They were spending time thinking, oh, guys, we have created that thing. How it could go wrong? Yeah. And what would be consequences of that wrong? Mm -hmm. So when you, have a, when you have a thinking structure or learning structure, you always ask, where does this idea originates? How do I develop it? How do I build it? How I sustain that idea or how that idea might fail and how it will disappear because everything comes to a point of end right mm -hmm. and this meditation about that cycle is extremely important for architects it is extremely important for athletes it is extremely important for our um, artists it is extremely important for anyone so we even with those diversities we can really touch some structures that are common for all human beings right well, it sounds, it sounds a lot like the, like the, the Nassim Taleb idea of, of anti-fragile, right? Uh, that, that we are organisms that can become more robust with exposure.
Yes, although I would say we have to be very careful how we are using the words. Many people started to use anti-fragile, but please be careful. We are very fragile and we have to remember that we are fragile. Because if you think of you being a lion, mm -hmm. well, then you might also choose a very um, inappropriate surviving tools or behaviors, right? But I am thinking of my body being very, very fragile, very weak. Mm -hmm. So when I work with the national coach in wrestling, right, mm -hmm. and we are preparing some kind of research together for already some extended time, mm -hmm. I'm thinking my, with my body as being fragile. And mm -hmm. this is my entrance into the wrestling world. The mm -hmm. same I thinking of the boxing world. Mm -hmm. I am entering as weak, as mm -hmm. old, as enable, And that allows me to create more um how to say more intelligent surviving tools right if mm -hmm. i think him i'm so strong i'm so robust i'm yeah. so anti-fragile well be very careful because you might wake up with a cancer and you do not know why or yeah. you might wake up and you or you someone hits your knee from the side and your cruciate ligaments are gone you yeah. know or you have a failure of the organ or suddenly you have an allergy or suddenly you know we are very fragile but we are so arrogant we are so we thinking of ourselves so strong no we should be talking less mm -hmm. reading less and becoming more gentle in our life so mm -hmm. there will be more kindness and more open dialogue but mm -hmm. everyone knows mm -hmm. while we should be thinking of more of what we do not know than what we know and so we are we have these books about anti-fragile and everything and i know there is a good content in it mm -hmm. but we need to be careful because people because the language we are choosing as educators is extremely important. Mm -hmm. the, the language we are using has consequences. Right. It has the it has the potential. Oh, sorry. It, it has the it, it, ha it has the potential to make people be reckless. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would never tell you, Kyle, that you are robust. I would always say you are very fragile, and you will remain fragile, and you will be more and more fragile as you are aging, mm -hmm. and you will be more and more vulnerable to death. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand what that entropy in human body means. Mm -hmm. what, that, what means entropy giving life? So there is a universal, universe is in a great entropy, so there is a lot of life, right? If there would be equilibrium, if there would be harmony, that would be probably just dark universe, right? So this is something else. But when there's an entropy in your body, this disorderness, what is being disordered while you're aging? What, when you are looking at the earthquake architecture, when you're looking at the same seismic joints, you know, when you're looking at the evolution, what are, what are the joints that are being more exposed? Like when you make a prediction, where the human body fail most of the time, heart diseases, Right. For example, if we pick up one, why no one is talking about, please attune yourself a little bit better with your life and with maybe some other different clock than mechanical clock. Mm -hmm. We have we have beautiful clocks around, a Rolex, Cartier, a Tissot. These are very beautiful mechanical watches. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is jewelry. Mm -hmm. But there are other clocks as well. There are circadian rhythms, there is a rhythm of seasons, etc. But it seems like, you know, when you're looking at the chart of uh, WHO on how we are dying in advanced countries or poor countries, mm -hmm. and you see that, okay, the cancer can be more prevalent in the rich countries and inflammation in the poor countries, etc. But you always see that the heart disease is always in the top three. And you need to question yourself, wait a minute. He has that beautiful, fragile heart that is so powerful, that does so much of beautiful job for us. How many beats a day? I don't know. How many hundreds of thousands of beats? 
in such a short time and we are just so reckless as you are saying mm-hmm. we are so we are so we dominating our bodies right imagine let 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 me please still say one more so i don't lose the thought imagine that i'm i am very powerful you know i'm a, i'm a rich joseph fruchek i am a billionaire and i can introduce in a very smart way a new basketball game right mm-hmm. so i say the basket will be heavier Mm-hmm. the basket will go higher and I allow a physical contact mm-hmm. much more. And so because of that cultural new suggestion and I make it very popular and I make everything around it very attractive, I can easily destroy the health of a lot of young people mm-hmm. because I will allow them to get concussions. Mm-hmm. I will allow them to, to wish for something that no one maybe has to wish for, right? We are glorifying sports because, you know, and, and I love sports. Just don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm looking at the sports all the mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. And I love that eagerness. I love that, that, that they are these heroes that they give, can give their bodies. Mm-hmm. But also, but let's look critically, you know, at what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, yoga is there for thousands of years, but we can improve it. It mm-hmm. can get better. Mm-hmm. Tai Chi can get better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that a master 2000 years ago set it in some way. You know, things are changing. We can make some improvements. Well, it's also often it, it, the, the cultural context is often ignored, right? Like uh, we, we, we look at it through like a Western lens and see something that was, that was invented 2000 years ago and think that it, we fit right into the way it was then. And it's like, well, our lives are totally different. Yes, of you know, course. Like we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not out there working with our hands every single day and doing things this way and, and gathering with our families and working only 10 hours a day or five hours a day. It's like the whole life is different. So to do things the way they were done 2,000 years ago makes no, makes no sense the same way that someone 2,000 years ago shouldn't be doing things the way that we'd be doing it today. Yeah, someone very smart said, sometimes you have to unlearn what the old master said. Mm-hmm. Platon and Aristoteles, uh, Aristoteles, Socrates, they were really great minds of a nation, Greece, and they set the base of Western culture. Mm-hmm. They said something so smart, so many smart things, but some things we had to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Some things had to be overcome when we understood better the physics, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. We already now know that heavier object doesn't fall faster than a, than a feather, right? Mm-hmm. But at that time before, this would be the law of physics right so we are we are improving now let me come back to you what what you just said about this cultural thing Mm -hmm. so i i had an opportunity to be part for many many years not many years five or six but 15 20 years being part of the groups that dedicated their life only to yoga or only to tai chi and please don't get me wrong i am in 25 years in studying Chinese medicine, internal martial arts, besides all other, my interest, I, I love that culture very much. But uh, what I have realized is that we stop to be active in decoding those traditional forms. So there is this mountain position, right? That many people call horse position, right? So mm-hmm. there is this horse position. And then you say, okay, so some people call it horse, some people call it mountain. What is, what is actually the difference? The posture looks the same. And then you start to speak, oh, wait, it's a language. Language has a meaning. So what produces a horse? And you say, well, the horse produces a shit and a horse can carry you, but not really for a long time. And a human can outrun the horse. And then you say, okay, and what, what about the mountain? And then you say, well, mountain is an energetical resource. There can be monasteries. There is animals hide there. There is, uh, you, when you come on top of the mountain, you see a bigger landscape and you say, well, maybe I should be thinking that I'm training a mountain position. Mm-hmm. And then you go deeper. Then you say, wait a minute. 
they promise me healthy hips by standing in a mountain position. Oh, something is wrong because I've seen people standing in a mountain position for 15 years and I don't think they move better than I do. And so I, I, I think like, okay, maybe the old masters are telling me, should I go to visit a mountain? Shall I go to see the mountain? And see the mountain as never seen before, seeing it through my own eyes, through my own angle, visiting my mountain in my, my, my landscape, and then retell the story to someone else. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. So maybe that's the coded story about the mountain, not really standing in a mountain position in a traditional forms. Mm-hmm. Or you have many other forms, like when the form is looking backwards and you're twisting your spine, and someone says, this will heal your spine. I really don't think so. I don't think this will heal your spine. But that, that motion is symbolically telling you, look at your past, look also to your future, but also keep your axis, understand where you are in your present. Mm-hmm. Create a hypothesis about the future, but know and respect also your past so you can take a right action today. So there's a lot of symbols in it, but we are just so mechanically running through it because of course, who has time for a deep encoding when we are learning? No one. Right. Because everyone is telling us how many books you can read in one week or one month. No, read one, but read it properly. Mm-hmm. And maybe you will learn so much. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's that, it's, it sounds like it's that demanding of these definitions that need to, to fit in, into a box where there are lots of definitions and there's lots of ways of seeing it. And, and we can and, go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about definition. Everyone needs to define, you know, I met a very rich person and he, because he wanted to do something with me, he was preparing big events and he asked me, tell me what's fighting monkey about. Mm-hmm. And I look at him and I say, it is something that you will never understand. That was my answer. That was my, that was my, uh, and that was my elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Because why we would need to create a box? You know what this box? What is this that cube of rationality that you had in your hands when you had the wood box? Mm-hmm. cannot move it never falls it's very stable box does not give life mm-hmm. but egg gives life mm-hmm. but egg put egg on the table it can roll off and it breaks so what needs egg it needs an egg needs an attention you always need to have one finger on and you need to pay attention because things are changing surface is changing landscape is changing mm-hmm. and so when egg when you pour, when you when you take a pen and you do it like this to the egg you you destroy the life but if you embrace the egg, when you see the birds, when you see an eagle embracing the egg to nourish, to give a life to something, you're embracing a whole. You don't embrace one part. This is not studying in university. You know, I've been part of many universities and I'm probably going to return back to university. But, you know, we have to allow kids to being part of, being co-creators of their curriculum and think of, knowledge of something very unstable and something that might be able to change because the life is changing because we are changing because the world is changing in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and respecting the interconnectedness of, of all the things rather than seeing it as like, well, this goes over here, this class goes here, this assignment's over here. Not that it's not segmented. It's all one giant thing that is affecting you and the world and culture as a whole simultaneously. Yes. Yes, and there are two very beautiful words that you can, uh, your group can study in this allostatic balance, allos, someone else. I am through someone else, and that's what creates balance in me. Mm-hmm. And the one is ecological rationality that in Marx Planck Institute in, a, in a human development, they were articulating about um, uncertainty and risk and how humans are dealing 
with the travels in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so this ecological rationality, there's a great uh, area. This is like the latest, uh, most beautiful explanation how actually we are dealing with, with, with things that we do not know about and how we are solving them in kind of elegant way. If we are also learning in that kind of complex non-linear way, <laughs> because if you are learning in linear way, you will also make solutions in linear way. Mm -hmm. When uh, when when uh, when when you work with guys from special forces or uh, or people like um, the firefighters and these guys, they need to be capable of not reacting linearly. They need to understand what the situation is asking for. So mm -hmm. yes, I can understand some drills are present there, but mm -hmm. creativity is necessary part of their or must be necessary part of their development. Mm -hmm. And I would go as far as playing with them games mm -hmm. and guys, how you would solve this game with me within this amount of time. So yes. we studied the psychology of the guys like law enforcement. They mm -hmm. need to pass through that education. If not the soldiers, you know, the guys that are helping them to devise the best possible strategies to save lives, right? Mm -hmm. Where is the art? Mm -hmm. Where is the art? And of course, it, is, it seems to be like a weird if you start to do art with the fighters. Mm -hmm. But it will greatly improve their performance, right, measurably. But, but uh, you say measurably, but I was actually about to say immeasurably in a way that, like the 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 current way of measuring can't capture, and that's the unfortunate piece. You know, like when they do, like the combines for athletes or something, you can't measure art the same way that you can measure a forty-yard dash or something, and that's what but, I think frustrates people. And 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 I agree with you. It's just it, that's the the hard nut to crack. I feel like. You know, the mood within which you enter into a competition, do you think it influences your performance? Oh, of course. Yeah. And do you think the talent is a constant? The talent is a constant. No. 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 If someone said to you before, you are an asshole, Kyle, you are just an asshole. Mm -hmm. And they will say, oh, the, the, the work you do in your studio is just shitty thing. And it's someone very important. And he said it publicly. Well, your talent will go a little bit down until mm -hmm. you again find your stability. But again, someone important said to Kyle, Kyle, what you do is really fundamentally changing the mind of other people. Boom. And you Everything feel more confident explodes. in exploring it. Yeah. And what we learn in art, for example, with Linda, is that no one cares. Mm -hmm. They like you or they hate you. So you have to find your own stability. You cannot wait for public to applaud you. You know, there are shows that you made yeah. and you say, what a shitty show I made. And people right. go like, bravo. They clap you say, bravo, Joseph, you're like such a great artist. And he travels and he travels everywhere. And then you make a show that you really think it's, you've done something really incredible. Yeah. And people go like, I'm sorry, but this is just the one piece of shit. And you only say, well, you love me or you hate me. I still only can do what I can do. But that does not mean that you are, you are blind and deaf to what people are saying. This is not like you're blocking yourself. Oh, well, I'm an artist and I do whatever I want. You need mm -hmm. to be open. But to a certain extent, you also need to understand what is the distribution of the weight. Mm -hmm. When you are boxing, right? Do you have a distribution of the weight 50-50? No. That would be like the end of the story right mm -hmm. wrestling or jujitsu would it be like an equal distribution no your body's in a constant transformation so maybe the most let's say if you stand on one foot this is 100 and the other leg is zero so if someone push you it's very easy to throw you out but if you have this leg just testing or this is 30 and this is 70 
then is a possibility of transformation. You can react on how your partner is moving. You can strike in a different way. So how much you stay within your own axis and how much you explore is very important. When you're 50-50, it holds double error. Mm-hmm. I'm not myself, but I'm also not the others. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's your, you rather accommodate like Spartans. What mm-hmm. was so great about Greek culture? Wherever they went, whatever was great, they brought back to their home. But they cultivated it and they cultivated their identity. That was not one cemented identity, but identity that has ability to stay open. There was a window of plasticity open. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned jujitsu, and it made me. It reminded me of of being at your workshop, and I remember you saying, "I think everybody needs to be doing jujitsu or grappling in some way." And and I spoke with Tom Wexler a couple months back. Uh, who I know has, has performed with you in your, your dance company. And I met him doing jujitsu. And I asked him, I said, well, you know, as a dancer, what, what drew you into jujitsu? And he said, it was a different way to communicate. It was a different uh, opportunity to communicate in a way that I don't get when I'm, I'm, I'm dancing. Can you speak a little bit to communication and, and different layers of communication? Because I think for some people, that doesn't always translate, you know? Okay. Well, let's stay within the wrestling world, grappling mm-hmm. world, so we, we can grasp it very easily. So mm-hmm. um, when we talk about wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, um, sambo, etc., what, what, what was before that? What was before? Before it's an art of hugging. Mm-hmm. You hug. <laughs> and with hug, you can have a two streams of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Hugging to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, so you have a baby when you hug the baby and you understand how the baby is and you love that baby and it's just so close to your body and you feel the heat and you give them a love and you're hugging. This kind of, this understanding of a human body goes into all healing arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have manipulational therapies, uh, body-mind censuring, uh, Feldenkrais, um, Alexander, everything that kind of involves hugging, twisting, osteopathy, etc. And human need to touch other people in order for a proper brain development. On the other hand, hugging can be developed into all forms of African wrestling, which is amazing, Mongolian wrestling, Kazakhstan, Georgia. And then we have a judo of Japan, etc. So we have many different forms of wrestling that are present in many different cultures. And so the beginning of the communication is that I hug and what do I do with that hugging? What kind of options I have there? Healing or disbalancing you, etc. That's a beautiful dialogue and can be used to explain how we are communicating with each other, how much force we have to put or how soft we might become. Now, um, lately, I still think that we should be laying less on the ground and we should be using more our feet. So I would invite everyone to more stand up grappling and work a lot of time there so not ending up with just laying on the ground so that we stimulate our body through our feet and we understand better how to work with the gravity and so to better understand the physical forces is that is that because the majority of our time spent on this planet is on our feet Yes, yes. I, I also, uh, so basically, again, about communication. So standing mm. on the feet um, makes you very adaptable, not mm. only in fighting, but in the world, in hunting. And, and you are very mobile. You can look everywhere. You can pick up tools, weapons. You can sculpt, etc. But mm. also, you stand, 
what you remind yourself in standing. In standing, you remind yourself, I'm a human. What human means anthropologically? You say, I stood on the two feet. I liberated my hands. My five special senses got liberated. They are on top of the structure. My vision got more precise. And most importantly, I was able to open up my centers. And so I'm able to speak. And speech is very important for our development, right? Mm -hmm. Then I also remind myself, standing on the feet, my three body weight centers are very vulnerable. Yeah. I have a quite a lot of weight on top of the very small surface. So I am not holding, but dancing with the gravity. Mm -hmm. Very, very important tool. Mm -hmm. Then I also remind myself that by standing, I can perceive the world 360 degrees. Mm -hmm. And this is probably the position within which I would like to meet the obstacle in my life rather than laying too much mm -hmm. on the floor, even if I get skilled and even if I get a world champion. Mm -hmm. Now, again, here comes like, what do you want in your life? Are you working for the human development or are you working for becoming a black belt in one particular domain? And both of them are absolutely fine and absolutely valid, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so this is how I would be explaining to people. Standing is about anthropology. Standing mm -hmm. is about uh, physiology. Standing is also about learning how to dance better with the gravity. Standing is also exposing my energetical centers. And so I can speak to the others. I can create gestures. I can go on the stage or I can share, communicate my stories to the others. Mm -hmm. And so they, they can be inspired and go on their own journey. Mm -hmm. um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Let's get back to the, the communication aspect of grappling, um, because I, I think where you were going was speaking broadly to communication in general through physicality. Yes. Um, so you would like to hear something about the wrestling? Yeah, I, okay. I, I think I cut you off a little bit when, when you were talking about how you prefer to work in a standing form. Um, but well, I'm, well, I'm curious, well, I, I don't want, I don't want, I want to let you finish the thought. Yes. Um, where you can be no one, the question would be where you can become again no one. No one. So uh, the, um, uh, in Odyssey, Odysseus, who was a king, he was returning back home. He's looking for the back home. He tries to find himself, right? Symbolically. He goes to one island. The island is occupied by Cyclops. I don't know who Cyclops is, but it means something. And those Cyclops are devouring people. Oh, wow. Okay, he finds an island looking looking for his identity, looking back, back to home, he finds Cyclops. Cyclops are devouring humans. They are much stronger than him. Also in grappling, they are different weights. Someone is much stronger. And uh, so he gets in discussion with them and they ask his name because he communicates. He asks his name. And he says, my name is nobody. Kanenan. It's in Greek, Kanenan. Nobody. And he says, oh, fine name. Okay, I spare you. I will eat you as last because you told me your name, right? But his name is nobody. And so when he makes him drunk, he takes one um, branch, he sharpens it, and he hits his eye because the Cyclops, they have eye only in the center of their forehead. And he starts to scream and he says, help, 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 help for the other Cyclops. And he said, what is happening? I said, he's killing me. Who is killing you? No one. And he said, well, if no one is uh, hurting you, that means that um, most probably uh, only gods can help you. And that tells something very important about wrestling or about fighting arts is that when you are no one, when you are 
when you can move in any direction, when you're a good listener, when you're a good communicator, most probably you're going to be more successful in, in your sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how to get there? There are probably many pathways, how to make many no ones and not someone, someone who stands in one position, one technique, etc. That's someone who has capacity to evolve when the game is evolving. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you see, I don't follow much of this world anyway, and who am I to say, right? But I've seen that these guys on highest level, they are very smart intuitively. They are, their game is evolving so greatly, such a creative a domain of human development. So, um, but we nevertheless, when we see the development, we need to understand what drives that beautiful creative development forward. Mm-hmm. So we can maybe take the development and that ideas into another domains, right? Or mm-hmm. other domains and take into a grappling world that would help some people to maybe stay healthier for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I, and I also think a lot about um, how on a human level, on a, on a mammal level, we need these interactions, right? This is, this is a kind of play that has to exist for us to develop properly. Yeah. Not having feedback, not having communication, it's very complicated for a human being. Very, yeah. very complicated. I don't know what are the consequences of the COVID, of that, of that isolation. I don't know what is really worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't know. I, and of course, we are making strong opinions about COVID mm-hmm. while not having enough data, not having an idea what's really going on. Yeah. But, you know, the, this, this whole situation was misused and used as an opportunity to introduce certain restrictions to humans that are not necessarily democratic. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, information is completely laden on mainly with negative informations, right? And so when we are more emotional and more fearful, we do not act rationally. We cannot make like more balanced decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I just think that's why you should be a little bit no one and stand on your feet trying to find your access, being capable and resourceful enough to find informations that would be valid so you can make some kind of assumptions about how do I act and where is my voice in hold that negative and that very, you know, like fear-like um, promoted situation. I want to make sure we have some time for some people to ask some questions because I already have a, a couple written here. Um, so if anyone has questions, you can always raise your hand and you can put it into the chat box. Um, someone wrote here that they would like that you use the term zero forms a couple times. And, and they asked if, the, if you could clarify the, the, the zero forms philosophy um, okay. again. Okay, okay, of course. Um, is there a way I can share the screen? Oh no, let's not make this complicated. Mm-hmm. Let's go it faster. Mm-hmm. Zero form is something I work on for last 25 years. So uh, making an elevator speech, it's gonna be challenging, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Let's start with one presumption. Mm-hmm. So uh, you do, um, only one type of sport or one type of uh, recovery mode. Let's say someone does always yoga or someone does always Qigong or someone does always Tai Chi or someone does always uh, some type of meditation, right? Mm-hmm. What I've realized over a longer period of time that the great systems, they create great efficiencies. Mm-hmm. As you can see, boxers, they, uh, their body morphs into that one type of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, hockey players, they're all twisted to one side, etc. And then you, they try to, with some isolated movement, they try to get it back. How ridiculous. Anyway, and so when you do that one domain, it creates a problem over the time. So zero forms is something, how I can find my original biological signature? How do I find my way to... Um, 
come to the zero from which I can move freely upwards, downwards, left and right. So we realize that there is a one element. One element is, let's say, what is it composed of? So it's composed of kind of um, articulation of the joints. But articulation of the joints that collaborate, create collaboration with the rest of the structure. So when you have a problem with the wrist, you do not do this with your wrist or you do not do only this with your arm, but you see how the, the, the damage in the shoulder are kind of interconnects to the whole system. So that's the first part of it. So we work through some kind of circular, elliptic, uh, always with the gravity, so never on the floor, mainly and most like 80% is done on the feet. And you're rehabilitating and you're finding what is the, again, function of your, or, or your organs in relation to your joints and how the whole synergy of different system works together, right? Mm -hmm. This is one thing, very reflective, very organized. Second element is coordinations. Coordinations, when you move your joints in kind of rhythmical form, imagine African African traditional dances. So you're moving, you know, there is certain patterns, but remove all the aesthetics from it. Mm -hmm. So we work on coordinations. This could be like a very basic subcoordinative pathways or patterns that can give rise to very complex sport uh, movement. So we are teaching you how to move the arms in a complex way so you can run better. Everything is open. All the bilateral and homolateral connections are there. You know how to organize the three body weight centers, but you, it's a locomotory exercise. You move through the space. So the first one, the articulation, the cyclical articulation and studying how your organs, they work in relation to your joints, etc. It's more like stabilizing exercises through rotations and movement. Mm-hmm. Coordination is locomotory exercises. We move through the space. Still mm-hmm. not enough. Improvisation is a third element of those zero forms, right? Mm-hmm. Improvisation, because you need to understand how to shuffle the things, mm-hmm. how to work new connections in your body, because you cannot always do the same drills, because, but uh, life requires much more variability. So improvisation is the third part. But we also are still not finished. The part of the zero forms is also stillness, self-reflection. So I stand still, I sit still, I reflect, I make notes on that. And then is a voice and breathing, which is a capacity to communicate, articulate. I breathe how I, bru- how I breathe, how I move, and how I coordinate my thoughts with my breathing and my movement and my voice. So this would combine all five elements of zero forms. Very mm-hmm. complex, but very elegant. Mm-hmm. And applies to many different situations because you can force yourself, you can put yourself more into a locomotory exercises because you're an athlete. And then you can be using some articulating for for your rehabilitation of the joints, but you're also using a little bit of improvisation. So you find a new variability for your movement. You find a new dribbling trick for your, for your basketball game, etc. So there is more joy, there's more reflection, etc. So this right. would be like a technical components of zero forms. Right. It's, a, it's space for exposure and discovery at the same time from a lot of yes, different directions. Normally, yes. Zero forms should expose your habits and identify if those habits are healthy or not, then it should help you to, uh, to change or alter or improve. Mm-hmm. And then, then allowing you to adjust your thinking models to the new variabilities that you encounter in your life, even mm-hmm. if they're stressful. Mm-hmm. I've, I've found the, the, the stillness aspect that you talk about really valuable because I think people really underestimate how stimulating the world is. And when we in that we're constantly being stimulated. Even just the idea of closing your eyes changes everything. Yes. And people, I think, deny that to some degree. And, yes. and, and, and it affects your ability to either ex- experience the world stronger through other senses 
or even just reflect on really what you're, what you're dealing with when the senses aren't so ignited? So what we are doing, like maybe 70% of our reflective stillness practices are with open eyes. Mm-hmm. So we are learning how to marry the inside and outside and how you can also uh, say through your spine, how you are, the information comes in, you can hug it like a wrestler or you can push it away or you can uh, put it on one side or another, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can lift it, throw it over if there is a too much of pressure. Mm-hmm. So um, what I was trying to say. I was saying about the voice, I was saying open eyes. I was saying, ah, the spine. Spine is an information channel. And you can, uh, you can allow it to almost arrive this, to spine your info, the information and then you can just bounce it back out. Mm-hmm. But we have not this capacity. We don't know how to, how to organize through our gestures. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you say, oh, please don't talk anymore. It's a very clear gesture. No, don't talk. And these are like a meridians in like the Chinese medicine. Oh, I embrace and there's this meridian. Or I push away and I activate the other meridian, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, so, oh, please don't talk anymore. Oh, I cannot hear that anymore. And mm-hmm. so these gestures, they also t- tell you what in the stillness practices we are actually doing. Mm-hmm. And that would come back. Why in meditation we have maybe closed hands, Mm-hmm. And someone said, oh, this is a very special position of the hand. What does it mean, Joseph? And then I would tell to them, well, look at the documentary we've done with the Linda's grandmother that she died 100 years, 108 years old, when she's always sitting and looking in the mountain, having positions like that. Ah, Joseph, so this is not from some old Chinese master. They said, no, that's from the Linda's grandmother. Oh, maybe it's not as powerful as I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the different cultures and you see, oh, everyone somehow holds, oh, wrestlers are holding the arms like that. But I also saw, seen some old women holding the arms like this. Does mm-hmm. it mean anything? Oh, people like this right and we are choking someone and we're choking someone the same way as the old women are holding the pumpkins and trying to get the seeds out oh wait a minute maybe it's not as special as i thought oh but well if it's not so special maybe i should not be doing it because then i don't have a special story to tell to other people look how special i am i'm doing this very special meditation um but if you say well i'm doing that sitting practice that is just sitting with my arms crossed they say oh well i cannot identify myself with that simplicity right Right. you know what i mean yeah we are packaging these things in some way so oh please make my meditation more special than meditation of someone else right well in fact it's a beginning of hunting movement we would not be able to hunt or you know we would be eaten by animals if we would not be able to stay a little bit quiet oh can i please be a little bit quiet when you go to kids like quiet quiet because the tiger is coming he's gonna eat you so it doesn't really mean like oh i'm connecting some special energy centers and just shut up Right. Stop. <laughs> well, it's as if they like they, they want you to give the special explanation so that they can explain it to the next person. So they can say, let me tell you why I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Yes, of course. Way. But yeah. things are more simple, you know. Yeah, it's why so much more simple. Devising, why are you devising some functional training if everything is already functional? Yeah. You know, we are trying to like rehabilitate people through some weird things. No, just organize the harmony. Just right. make people to understand the rhythm and coordination. Well, if they right. do a better rhythm and coordination, they are all fine. And right. because it is a complex system, complex system, the emergence of the complex, would you agree that human is a complex system? Please tell me yes. 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 Human body is a complex system. Human body is a complex system, cannot be organized by some man-made forms, organized right. some kind of rational steps. It right. emerges, right? Right. It, that's why it is a complex system. And so you're telling, oh, I'm going to heal your, uh, I'm going to heal your, 
shoulder by this exercise and i'm like right. oh my god these people lost their mind right. i said you have a problem with the shoulder don't talk about shoulder talk about the whole body and how the thing coordinate but maybe overextend because right. you do not understand how the other joints they collaborate in a sporting coordination so please help the person to coordinate better to have a better rhythm to understand when to stop and when to start Right. how to attune the whole body but we would go no wait a minute no you don't know how to heal yourself i'll tell you how to heal you because you're so helpless you're such a shitty athlete you're so stupid that you cannot be healing yourself i'm gonna tell you how you heal yourself and you say ah if you heal me okay how much is the certification well the certification is thousand euro otherwise you're so lost i said okay i pay you then and you tell me how to articulate my shoulder Instead of, well, guys, if we dance better together, you're going to be a better athlete. I think like, oh, I, I, as far as I remember, all these great wrestlers from Africa that are dancing every day, they're like an amazing athlete. And I don't think like anyone is telling them, well, before you become a good athlete, you need to do these exercises. Right. We have lost it in the West. Right. right. Nobody, nobody's sitting there telling them about internal rotation and external rotation. And they're, 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 they're living a... Um, I, I keep using the word wholeness in terms of, of, of being a human, like the, the, the wholeness it, of being a human. It became so complicated. No hmm. one understand, you know, what's so great about Huans or Hippocrates, you know, like the, the beginners of people that they create in medicine. What's so great about it? These guys were using language that actually empowered you to, do, right. to start to do something for yourself. I don't wait for someone else to, to help, you know, like, so there's this symposium about aging. Right? And they tell you everything on a molecular level, what's happening and how we are interconnected. But yeah. tell me how I could feel more joyful in my life. Then I don't care if it's really 120 years or if I'm going to become immortal because I will be maybe immortal, but I'm going to be a miserable human being. Right. So I, we hear very little about, oh, can I organize my life a little better? So I shout a little less on my kids and maybe I beat less my wife or maybe a shout on my employees, or maybe I feel so stressed in everyday life. No one is talking about that. This is the simplest thing we need to arrange. Why are you telling me something about aging? Of course we are aging because we exhaust ourselves with our lifestyles and with our aspirations. And because everyone, I'm oh, sorry, it's okay. <laughs> decline. Mama, it's mama. <laughs> well, that means that- Mama that means is very important. Well, that, if I mama is calling, they forget it. Okay, guys, wait a minute, mama is calling. Mama is still waiting. <laughs> In my life. <laughs> well, I, well, I appreciate that somehow we were more important than mama for this moment. <laughs> so you get it. This is so important, you know, uh, uh, and, I'm, and I'm also, I'm excited, you know, like that we can be now talking about, maybe we would be burned 200 years ago, you know, in some kind of like a witches. But, mm -hmm. you know, we have elegant solutions. You are, I can empower you. I can show you within one or two meetings how you can elegantly improve your life without me being next to you. That's my point. Right. I don't want to hold you next to me. I'm going to squeeze all the dollar out of you. And eventually you will have to wait for another level. Mm -hmm. Well, I want that you pay me for what I've done because I've done a lot of job in the last 25 years, but hopefully I will make you more um, creative than I am. Maybe I give you the tools that will allow you to think more for yourself. Mm -hmm rather than making the life more complicated and set, so that's the communication effective communication strategies well it kind of leads into this the the, the a question that someone wrote here i'm going to read the whole thing that they wrote they said uh if in airbnbs in warsaw brooklyn barcelona shanghai are starting to look all the same globalization is playing a big role and also uh 
a loss of our identity. How do you think movement practice and teaching can evolve in an honest way while adapting in to today's social, cultural, technological changes? Is movement starting to look all the same? How do you stay fresh and avant-garde? In some ways, it's something that you've already been saying, but I think it continues in that direction. Look, we want the same because mm-hmm. it costs us less energy. We have we are limited cog- uh, co- cognitive computational uh, powers, you know, like we have limited energy in our life. So we want the sameness. We are so pleased to see things the same. We want the same actors playing the same roles in a different movies. Mm-hmm. We don't want to analyze too much. We don't want to ex- be exposed to too much of variability. Mm-hmm. If I ask you to improvise every day and explore, eventually you will leave us. You will, you will still open your application and you will be doing your, just, your, just your workout. Mm-hmm. What is the what is what we realize with Linda when something drastically changed in our teaching guys? We at some point we've been doing more dancing than fighting monkey, more complex movement, more open kind of thing. We were more at one point orientated only towards dancers mm-hmm. because there were more opportunities for us to travel around the world. What we have realized that in many different corners of the globe, people were dancing the same way. And I think to myself and I say, wow, how is that possible? And then I realized they are very important figures, teaching figures. And we adjusted to those successful teaching figures. So people are copying us, people copied some other great teachers, etc. And then we said with Linda, no, we have to remove ourselves because they will copy us, which is not necessarily bad, but only for a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there was some uh, very interesting group of Belgium artists and they thought they go to Congo and they're going to teach them something about contemporary dance to people from Congo. And I said, well, guys, this is not a very smart idea. Maybe you should go and tell them that their culture is really amazing and maybe you should learn from them. But of course they said, no, but the exchange is very important. And I said, no, 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 because you are coming from very dominant position. You are coming like from this rich Western world that everyone wants to go to. No, you have to go down and say, you are incredible. The way you are moving is so fantastic. I need to learn something from you. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you as a teacher, you should not come up with always these elegant, effective solutions for people. Mm-hmm. You have to come and say, please, what is valuable in your context? What is your cultural context? What is blah, 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 blah. So we can keep some degree of authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. And being able to understand who am I? Because world is required from you what? Always to reinvent yourself, always being adaptive. But I'm asking you for a return journey. I wanted you to look at your own biography. I wanted you to look at your own history and understand, okay, I also carry something unique. And can I not be nationalistic about it or misuse it in some way? But I say, oh, I am coming from somewhere and I identify that somewhere and I appreciated something and I am still open to the rest of the world, but I understand where my axis is, where I'm rooted in which kind of landscape. But of course, we are now going into cross-cultural studies, right? This is not an easy analysis. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to your workshop, they come to for shopping. Mm -hmm. People come to shop. Some people ask me, yeah, but I I cannot teach to my clients. And I say, stop right now. I'm I'm trying to do something for you. We are exchanging something between us. This is your experience. This is not to shop some static games and then apply them somewhere else. That's not the point. This is otherwise I'm give, I'm sending you a manual. You pay me for that manual and just coming to consult and you're just applying my franchise mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, that's that that's what I, kind of what I was saying before, where people are basically shopping for content 
rather than being like, no, the content is just this vehicle for a way of, of observing and participating and being. Yes. Yeah. Um, the same person wrote a second question. Um, I don't want to take up all your day, so I'll make sure we just do a couple more. Um, this, they said, how can we positively criticize movement as an art if we keep it so undefined and abstract? I understand that people don't want to be categorized in an ism or a particular period. However, having something that is clearly defined makes it easier to digest, critique, and evolve the art. Yes and no. Mm -hmm. You can have something. Why, uh, why there are so many paintings with the, with the clouds? Like there's the beautiful Chinese paintings with the clouds and there's the traveler and he doesn't see really clearly where we are going. Mm -hmm. uncertainty and risk we do not know what future brings so how much you would like to define your method or something and how much open you can be of course you need to be specific mm -hmm. and i am good only at certain aspects of communication right mm -hmm. and i can be only good at certain type of movement right so but it doesn't necessarily mean that i have to pull you towards me and define that as a movement the right way of moving so to say right if that makes sense. So you need to be defined. I'm defining very clear principles. You are not lost. When you come to our workshops, you want to be educated nearly like in a university with, with the references from the research. This is not like I'm, I'm just feeling things. No, this is well, very well based in a research. This is very well based in a great long-term practical experience, right? right? But we need to, we should not be locking it towards me. I'm rather sharing with you how through that landscape that we pass through, what are the, what we're trying to see as the, as the, as the common creative principles that are being in many different domains. So we don't have to keep it blurred. It doesn't have to be always a poetry. Sometimes we can be very clear about the things, mm -hmm. but we need to also be in a very specific context. When you come to a hockey context or when you come to a context of actors or when you come to a context of someone who has problem with the breathing, you are, or I am able, or our, our way of thinking allows us to go. I can be, just imagine, I can be teaching classes about voice and breathing, but I can be also teaching the classes about public speaking, but I can also take you into a, into a exploration of what grappling means and how you can become more creative about your game. But we can be also talking about business. It allows you to have a lot of different variabilities in your applications because you understand the creative principles, you understand how creativity works. Right. What's that combination of like the, the, the objective and the subjective? Yeah, it's like objectively, there are these principles that transcend across multiple domains. And then once we have these creative principles and these ideas, then it's the opportunity for us to utilize our imagination with those principles. Yes, and you need to always not come to very neat, um, uh, neat uh, principles, very neat equations, because you need to have the systems a little bit more open. So you have to be also happy that when you've wrote something and it looks so beautiful and it is so fantastic, that you need to sometimes rewrite or add some words to it because a new obstacle came. And even mm -hmm. if it doesn't look so well anymore, you're not so happy aesthetically how it looks and I cannot pack it into one box. It doesn't fit there anymore. And I try to pack it and always there's one corner sticking out. You're okay that with the imperfection mm -hmm. so you come up with certain explanation that is not completely clear because life is not very clear to anyone mm -hmm. right? right 
if someone is a oh there was a um, I don't know if it was Heidegger or um, or uh, Wittgenstein or so if someone comes with a very clear ideas and very clear definition there is something wrong about the theory right, right. Th those so, are the people be, to be the most critical of yes yeah you have to have you have some assumptions but you know we also thought Newton is really right mm -hmm. And then we thought, okay, well, Einstein is really right, but we also know now, oh, this is also a little bit incomplete. So it's always evolving. It doesn't yeah. mean we do not define in the meantime. There is some mm -hmm. kind of really clear definitions, but we also know, well, I'm not really sure if this will stand the quest of time. Right. It's like define, but accept, but accept the, that change will occur, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And that's where, we, oh, now we say everyone for sure who is in the, the meeting now says, oh, well, that's obvious. No, it's not obvious. More eminent you become in your field, the less likely you will accept that the younger generation came up with something better. This is mm -hmm. such a common trait. Mm -hmm. So if you as a student, you're coming better than me, I shut you down. <laughs> I, will <use> <laughs> I will use all my power to like and dump you, you know, like I will, I will discredit you. Not all the time, but in a way, you know, we, are, we, we love what we have created. So uh, we have to be a little bit more like a water, you know, like water flows, gives life, but it's already gone. Right. So people are drinking from it, people are using it, but that water just goes doing its own job until it finds its ocean and its right. peace. Right. It's a, it, sometimes it's hard, I think, again, culturally to, to embrace humility, right? And, 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 to, and to accept that as an important quality of being like a, a human being. Yeah, that's very good in the grappling world. There's mm -hmm. always a smasher on the, on the mud. You become bruised and you say, oh, maybe I should become humble again. Maybe I should become a no one again. And this is yeah. one of the most beautiful things. I, you know, I had a training with one really good coach, MMA mm -hmm. coach. And actually at one point, I was running away in a ring. I was like literally, like I turned my back and I ran away and I was running in a circle. And the guy who's, you know, with, you know, like this really great coach, he just lifted his gloves and he said, I never seen that before in my life. And I said, I don't care. I said, I'm lost. I'm sorry. I'm lost. I, I will not perform. I will not play. I'm something more than what I am. I would, I would literally like jump over the cage and just disappear. Yeah. These, are these, these moments of humiliations are extremely important because you say, oh, I know something. Oh, but it's for sure it's not the whole truth, right? Right. Well, I mean, and, and, and again, to bring it back some, to some of like the very Western linear ways of, mo of thinking, it's like removing the failure and humiliation from the practice when that's what it is. I mean, I talked to someone yesterday and we talked about how the beauty of like going and watching skateboarders for 30 minutes practice and they're falling and falling and falling and falling and they humility. I don't even think that word exists because they're like, Oh, like this is, this is how I do this, yeah. you know? But then it's again, step ahead. We need to do, so you are human. Uh, you have a humility in your own sports. You do your junior jujitsu, you do your wrestling, you do boxing, you do your, whatever you do and you're humble there. And, but still you need to have a, keep the window of plasticity open also to away from the bubble, from the bias mm -hmm. of this is only and only my world. Right. right, because you're a parent, you're an educator, you are, you maybe want to communicate your experience to other people through many different means. Maybe you're writing, maybe you're singing, maybe you are also an artist. Of course, I expect from everyone who crosses by us or, you know, like go to our workshop, I try to kind of uh, convince them that they are, they can be great artists as well. They don't have to be always stuck in that one thing that they are doing. They can do many great things still in their life. It doesn't mean that they invested 20 years in something that they cannot still expand it into completely new domains. Right. That was the, the idea. Like I said, I, I think of like this idea of, of wholeness. It's like the human generalist, right? 
I, I, it's a, it's a different word. I don't know if it's used anywhere else, but it's like the person who can write and cook the person who can dance and they can stand still and the person who can build things and cook things and the person who laughs and cries. It's like the whole picture not being sort of like cherry picking a couple and staying in one and, place. And we are dead, you know, like we are dead. You go home and you cook and then you're training and then you're with your kids and then you're with your wife and then you're with your boss or with your employees. You were always changing these roles throughout the day. So, um, and it doesn't really mean that, you know, like you have to know everything. No, no. you'll be always best at something. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's good that you are also, you know, what is happening in hunting society? They're kind of good in everything. You know, mm -hmm. they can walk well. They can orientate quite well. They can also take that animal, they can also clean that animal, they can also cook it, they can also share it, and they can also share the stories. Mm -hmm. It's like when I think of some guys that are, oh no, that's enough, the mm -hmm. hunters are enough as an example. No, I, so I, I, I really appreciate that example. I think that's a really fascinating place to go with that um, because they also embody really an acceptance of what life and death is as well. I think to be yes. someone who you're, you're facing death on a regular basis, and I think that that's really been extracted as well. Oh, you suddenly do not, you know, like this is paleo diet. Oh, mm. wow. Everyone is eating meat like crazy. Mm. No, hunting society. Okay. You managed to kill that wild boar. Mm. You need to share it and mm. you are not eating it every day. These are like special occasions, man. This right. is not like someone came with that crazy idea and just, we just started to abuse that idea regardless if it's true or it's not. And it's, of course it's not because it really depends on the context and geographical region. We can also think of a simple expansion of our brain. So you can be running on a treadmill and you can perform well, okay? Mm -hmm. You can be running on athletic oval, okay? That's an extension of variabilities. You can be running in a landscape, also okay. You can still push yourself very hard. You can be running as a hunter, as another extension. Well, suddenly you realize you are not only running, you're also stopping, you're also looking, you're also observing because otherwise you won't make it, you won't survive. You also can, if you're rushing too much, you can get injured. And that means you won't make it from the mountains back home. It's very mm -hmm. critical. If you encounter the animal that, you know, like if you encounter wild boar and he cuts your calf, you, mm -hmm. don't, you don't make it 200 meters down to your car. That's how critical that can be, right? Mm -hmm. And then, running through the space like being hunted. So we have an expansion of thinking, treadmill, mm -hmm. athletic oval, mm -hmm. landscape, but going full on, you don't have to think, everyone is showing you like in a CrossFit games, they show you where you have to run, you don't have to think, you don't have to observe the landscape. Then you're running like a hunter. When you're running like a hunter, you have to be very attentive. So suddenly your skills, they have to change. You're not only a runner, you need mm -hmm. to run, you need to be, but it's not like in your maximum. And that's suddenly, wow, that's something about longevity. I never push myself to maximum because I have to do more things. Okay, I have to be capable of many more other things. And the last thing is if you're hunted, that's again another domain of running and orientating in a space. Another set of creative tools that you need to use. And I'm so I'm interested very much in fighting monkey about these last two. You're a hunter, you observe very well the landscape. And what do you do when you're hunted by someone, something, your life, a stress around you? So there is a great culture is mainly interested in athletic oval, mm -hmm. right? Because there is most of the money. The home training fitness industry is interested in uh, the treadmill, always doing the same drills. Mm -hmm. um, somewhere in between is the running through landscape. There is some variability, but you don't have to think about anything. And the last two aspects is where I would spend most of my energy and time, hunter and being hunted. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, that's um, I, I find that fascinating, and I and I I've, I've only thought a lot about it more now that I've I've been moved out to the woods outside of the city for the last five months. But it's something that is um, I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, I want to I want to make sure, like I said, I give you uh, the rest of your evening to do what you've got to do. But I want to make sure people know. I know that you're teaching uh, an online workshop coming up, and then also you have some other events and and all the ways that people can continue to uh, learn from you and learn from Linda and 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 participate. Great, you are always welcome, guys. Just yeah. come. I'll sell you some drills so you can be happy. <laughs> well, just you come to my workshop, and actually, I'm doing something completely different. Well, I, I, I just. I, I just say these beautiful philosophies, but in fact, you come, I'm just going to give you a printed paper and I say, just go and learn it. And then when you're done, you just come back. Yeah. You just, you do 20 lunges and then walk out the door. <laughs> uh, how, how great that would be, man. I, I mean, like I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming about that world, you know, like just, can I just come once and have it ready? Like yeah. I said to Linda, Linda, can we just fix it once and just, we just fucking give it like a product so I don't have to yeah. think about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, as it, as it comes to like a closer and he says, oh, I can't breathe, you know, it's like, I feel like, oh, everything is like pulling me out of that thing. Yeah. I'm doing these mentorship, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I, I try to kind of explore some creativities for 10 months with people. And I said, would I once fix those lectures? I'm mm -hmm. lecturing for last 20 years and I have to always improvise. And mm -hmm. so I started to kind of, com kind of compress it. And as soon as I start to talk to people, all that structure just falls apart, you know? Right. But yes, of course. When you have the little energy you would like to collect here, here's the mobile. It costs 50 euro. Take it. Right. It's done. Don't make me busy with your life problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yosef, I can't thank you enough for, for making the time to do this. Um, it's been such a treat. I, I, I feel like 90 minutes is a, is a small fraction is of the, the amount of time that everybody would like to continue hearing and asking questions and participating. So I look forward to when I can travel again and when the world uh, becomes a place where I can take some more of your, your classes and your workshops. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to uh, read and observe and, and, and practice through the, the, the work that you guys are putting out online. Guys, I wish you all the best. Hope your families are healthy. Hope you are smiling every day. And uh, as, as soon as I can make the travels to New York, I, I'll be there with you. The first okay, stop. Guys. The first stop. The first stop is New York. Uh, no one is interested in New York about our work. <laughs> well, we, we, can make some, we can make some private, we can make some private uh, workshop there. I don't know. And then yeah. we can have some nice dinner inside a beautiful restaurant. Maybe yeah. that would be like worth That would be worth the travel, really. That sounds great. Have a great okay, night. Guys. Please say hello Thank to Linda. So Thank you again. Thank you, guys. I'm Th leaving. Bye-bye. Th Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.